You're listening to the Arctic Circle podcast. In this episode, we listen to His Excellency Olivier Poivre Tervour, French Ambassador for Polar and Maritime Issues, discuss the Arctic strategy of France. The Ambassador's speech is followed by a Q&A from the audience, moderated by Michael Mann, EU Special Envoy for Arctic Matters. This event originally took place at the 2021 Arctic Circle Assembly in Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, dear friends, uh, it's a premiere for me. But can I start uh, saying my extreme pleasure to be here this morning in front of all of you, coming from the entire world to this very unique place, Reykjavik, Iceland, Arctic Circle. And by trying to answer three questions, which are, in a certain way, the main cogito for the relation between France and Arctic. Uh, first, what, what is France's past and, uh, and present relationship to the Arctic? It's also easier to ask the question and to answer in the same way. <laughs> um, French people have really had a strong interest uh, for Arctic regions for several centuries. Very early, indeed, French travelers headed to northern Scandinavia, and one of the first map of Siberia was drawn a long time ago in the in 16th century by a French priest. And last week, being at the Royal Danish Library in Copenhagen, I was presented with a book public in, published sorry, in 1674 in Paris and entitled Relation du Groenland, which demonstrated how appealing Arctic regions already were to my countrymen. Here in Reykjavik, I can't help recalling that one of our fam most famous polar explorer, uh, Jean-Baptiste Charcot, died just off this coast in Berganes in 1936 when his ship Pourquoi was wrecked. This tragic event is still remembered and with much emotion each time I visit Reykjavik. To skip to France's present relationship to Arctic, to the Arctic, let me note that the Commandant Charcot is now the name of uh, a brand new cruise ship belonging to Penang Company, which just made our first journey one month ago, and this became the first French ship to reach North Pole. The ship has been designed to accommodate both a limited number of tourists and scientific research. And older generation, and I'm from the old generation, in France were fascinated by the books, conference drawings, and movies brought by home by other passionate uh, polar explorers as such as Paul Emile Victor or Jean Mallory. They paved the way for a long-standing tradition of Arctic research by French individuals as well institutions. As a matter of fact, France is mainly present in the Arctic through its scientists conducting research in almost every Arctic country. And if, if I have to sum up our Arctic policy in three words, it will be science, science, and science again. Arctic science ministerial meetings have now been recognized as the main gathering for Arctic scientists for all fields. And organizing ASM, ASM4 during the Russian presidency of the Arctic Council at the beginning of 2023 means a lot for my country, whose presence in the Arctic is primarily based on its scientists, 
we wish to seize this opportunity to improve cooperative scientific efforts in the Arctic, taking into account the issues arising due to climate change and that are impacting the quality of life and well-being of the people of the North. Today, indeed, French public opinion, as everywhere probably, feels strongly concerned by the current and future state of the Arctic. Whether it regards preserving its environment, assessing and mitigating its, the threats it is facing, or looking for ways to ensure its sustainable development, there is a strong concern and involvement in our civil society echoed by members of our parliament and national media. Second question, what does Arctic policy mean for a non-Arctic country? Although France has developed this dense and wide interest for the Arctic, it is not an Arctic country and never claimed to become one, not even a quasi-Arctic country, which seems to me a nonsensical category. We fully respect the Arctic countries' sovereignty and prior responsibility in dealing with Arctic matters. But at the same time, we refuse to ignore that there is a joint responsibility in dealing with this part of the world region when it comes to activities in other regions impacting the Arctic. This is obviously the case with climate issues, but there is also a need for increased cooperation in the fields of sustainable development and environmental protection. This approach was already the rationale for our application to the Arctic Council as an observer, state more than 20 years ago. It was later developed by my predecessor, our first ambassador at large for the Poles and former Prime Minister Michel Rocard, whose last work in 2016 was the publication of our national roadmap for the Arctic. And I really wanted to pay here in Reykjavik a special tribute to this morning, this morning to Rokar, who was uh, president, your guest here at the Arctic Circle. Thank you. We are now in the process in France of drafting our first comprehensive national polar strategy covering both the Arctic and the Antarctic, since our polar expertise has always been twofold. In a month's time, I will present it to the President Emmanuel Macron. Being a non-Arctic country means also that we develop and maintain close ties with each of the Arctic countries you are. This applies primarily to academic exchanges and research, but also to diplomatic, economic, and human ties. We do care as every one of you, about the livelihood of the Arctic inhabitants, including indigenous people. Further, last question, what does it imply for France as a EU member state? From a French perspective, being a EU member state means a lot to our Arctic policy. Dear Michael, uh, first we pay a special attention to the situation and and possible concerns of other EU countries, which are Arctic countries. Sweden published a new national strategy less than a year ago, and so did Finland in June this year. Both have been solely read and studied in France and duly taken in account. 
In the same spirit, we are closely, closely working with Denmark and with the government of Greenland. Then, dear Michael, I've read with great attention, but no surprise, your, I should say our, EU new Arctic strategy. And I really appreciate the choice and the meaning of each adjective in the title of your communication. A stronger, stronger EU engagement for a peaceful, sustainable, and prosperous Arctic. You know that France contributed to its preparation, and we already took note of the outcome of the public consultation, which was marvelous, conducted a few months ago in that process. All stakeholders, both citizens, civil society, public, private, and academic authorities clearly express their huge expectation on Arctic. They want us, as Europeans, to actively take care of the Arctic as far as safeguarding the environment and mitigating climate change are concerned. There is an equally important wish to ensure a sustainable development in and around the Arctic. And finally, we are encouraged to strengthen international cooperations. Some of these endeavors belong to the EU as a community and some to its member states, but we see no divergence in the level of or orientation of French Arctic policy in that context. As a European, as a French citizen, I feel extremely at ease with this increased engagement in and around the Arctic region, and France in um, this way will extend its cooperation with all partners and stakeholders. France's connection to Iceland is a very old one, based uh, for centuries on sailors and fishermen journeys. It's now relying on uh, our shared economic, scientific, and cultural interests in the north. Those are to be further developed during the coming years, whether on a bilateral basis or through EU. France, as France is going to chair the Council next January for the six months coming. The now very well-established Arctic Circle is really a remarkable achievement, and it is wonderful to be able to meet again in Reykjavik despite these constraints imposed by the COVID. So I deeply thank Olafur Ragnar Grimson. What you have done, President, with the Arctic Circle is not, in, not only important for your country, I know it's important for the country, not only for Arctic region, but for the entire world. And I want to thank you very deeply in the name of my predecessor, Michel Rocard, also. So I promise you, you, President, this morning, my colleague, Sophie Laszlo, French ambassador to Iceland and myself, will do our best to bring uh, the French President, Emmanuel Macron, to the next edition to the, of the Arctic Centre. You all get, already got, I think, the date, middle of October, so thank you very much and low life to Arctic, to science and to peace. Thank you. Thank you very much, Olivier, for that fantastic speech. Uh, we started a little late, so we've got about 10 minutes, I think, now for Q&A. So if I could ask you um, to actually go up to the microphone. There's a microphone over there and a microphone over there. If you want to go and queue up behind the microphone, um, if you could try and keep your questions relatively short so that we have time for many speakers to uh to have their say so please the gentleman over there right thank you very much mr 
Hi, I'm Arthur Amlo. I'm a French master's student and enthusiastic enthusiast here. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm not sure if you are allowed to give us some insight on the Arctic policy, though, because you haven't presented it yet to the President Emmanuel Macron, but um, what is the economic part of your uh, inside your policy, considering that France has two big enterprises operating in the Arctic right now in the ML LNG, LNG2 project, uh, Vinci and Total, namely? Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Uh, you are right, it's a bit uh, early because uh, I have to wait uh, months uh, before I, I finish my work, but economy is part of our national strategy. So we, we in fact, we expect all uh, stakeholders, um, being French or foreign companies, alike to abide our consideration, our joint global goals, which I presented to you, especially regarding sustainable development, uh, that implies taking into account uh, consideration economic viability, that's clearly, together with uh, environment uh, safeguards and human development. And this applies to everybody and uh, to Total as well. Um, Total, which develops, as you know, important programs with the Russian government and Novatech, but it's not an exception uh, in this uh, frame of uh, our new policy. There's another question over there, I think. Thank you. Je veux vous remercier pour votre discours. I'm Ed Jones. I'm from the Arctic Circle Secretariat, but I'm asking this in a personal capacity. Um, you say that Arctic, um, excuse me, French Arctic policy is based on science, science, science. But is this not more of a um, an increasingly difficult thing uh, to uh, to accomplish in a kind of warming and changing Arctic? It is, but you're um, uh, somebody um, in France uh, say that uh, Arctic is um, is a new um, how can you say kind of um, dangerous place or conflictual place on Earth because of climate change because of the perspective of this new world. I don't see like that. You know, uh, there are some more complex places in the world, uh, Mediterranean. Um, South um, China Sea and so So I don't see um, this climate change as uh, an opportunity. I don't see it as a danger. I see it as a reality and we have, to, we have to face that. We have to document that. So it's why science is so important. We know, but we, we should know more, in fact, about climate change. There are things we don't know. If I'm speaking with my colleagues, scientists, and so it's why we will focus on that, not to be too optimist or to be too much pessimist, you know. Um, Arctic is not a, a far west place, yeah? that's a normal place where people live, and I'm sure in 20 years or 30 years that will be a quite peaceful place. Um, every member of the Arctic Council is, is very, are very concerned by that, as observer also we are, in fact. We'll take uh, three more. So the first over there, and then there's two more over there. Please. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, Ambassador. My name is Stefan Jon Hafsten. I'm at the Ministry for Foreign Affairs in Reykjavik, and I'm a special envoy to the ocean for the yeah. ministry. My and, and I hope to follow up with you later on. With pleasure. Uh, the, I've noticed there's great interest now by France, in not only in the Arctic Circle, but in the matters of the ocean in general. We are having a conference, I believe, next, week, next month 
the Nordics and France in Paris. Yeah. Uh, there will be a, I hope, a, a, a One Ocean conference hosted by Macron early next year. I think that's still on. And I've noticed also that through the Blue Foot Alliance, which we founded after the Food System Summit in New York four weeks ago or so, that France has also shown interest in participating. And I would like to, as a chairman, uh, invite France to join formally very soon or take part in the preparation for this alliance. But my question to, to France, and you speaking on behalf of France today, is what is the driver of this very expanded profile of France in matters related to the Arctic and the oceans in general. Acknowledging, of course, the huge economic ocean zone France has in the Pacific and elsewhere, but also, so what is the main driver? You said science, 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 but there must be some political reason for this. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are a diplomat, no? <laughs> I'm as well. Yes, there is a very, uh, very um, deep political uh, sense because the ocean is, um, is a main issue which is uh, really, it's not considered at the right place. And for us, ocean means a lot. We are quite a small country, 500,000 kilometers. And we have the second most important exclusive economic zone, which means we have something like 11 million kilometers of, of sea. So, so we are... Uh, uh, really, 20 bigger on seas and on, on the land. So, so we, we, we had to remind that. And uh, thanks to Mr. Macron and, and perhaps also to the creation of a, of a new uh, ministry for the sea, which just happened uh, uh, a few months ago. Then a portfolio which was not only based on polar issues, but also maritime issues. Because I do think, and you know that better than me, living in Arctic, that ocean and poles are the same story we have, we have to work on, especially in Arctic, but also in Antarctica. We are not going to, to speak about Antarctica, but there are major issues now on Antarctica, especially to convince our Russian and Chinese uh, friends that having marine protected area is, is not... A, <laughs> A bad process, but it's very important in Antarctica. And we are fighting with you. We are fighting with the, some of you, uh, uh, the Swedish, uh, the uh, Norway as well, and, uh, and uh, with John Kerry as well, to obtain these uh, two marine protected areas. So, ocean is a major issue for us because we have this huge uh, uh, exclusive uh, economic zone. Because also we have a, we have also a navy, my dear. There's not only the Royal Navy, but there is a National Navy. And because we have also some economic interest, sometimes complex, submarine, uh, UK, America, Australia. I, I'm, I'm European. You are European, absolutely. You are European. <laughs> and, um, and because of, of the scientific uh, commitment we have uh, with l'IFREMER, which is uh, probably you know, and, and also because of the um, Paris Agreement in 2015, which changed a lot, in fact, for us, the uh, consciousness of, of climate change, in fact. So, um, as, as a global issue, ocean for us is, 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 uh, is important, and it's why Mr. Macron uh, decided with Mr. Guterres to organize in, uh, in France, it will be in Brest, western part of France, my country, um, uh, one ocean summit. 
based on the idea of, uh, of the, the ocean as a common good. As, uh, it could be, have a, that could be a discussion about poles as a common good, but ocean clearly as a common good. As, as, as we are working, all of us, on the BBNG negotiation, which is very too long, it's too much long. It has to start, I think, a year and a half, and there'll be a next meeting in New York in March, and they already said that that will be another one. So, so we want to accelerate the international agenda on ocean biodiversity and climate. That would be the that would be three of major issues for the summit. Uh, a treaty against plastic pollution, um, uh, a resolution on green shipping, and uh, something about governance, BBNG process, and also about knowledge. So, so we deeply care about ocean, and that's a way for us also to to be uh, to to be so much involved in polar issues because. Uh, uh, when you speak about Antarctica and about Arctic, you speak about climate change, you, you speak about the level of the sea, you speak about ocean and uh, all these uh, uh, ecosystems which are really in danger now. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. It would be great to continue talking, but we can continue talking afterwards, I hope. And uh, thanks very much indeed, Olivier, for... Pleasure, and thank you for... What, he has working a lot, yeah. It was all he... Okay. <laughs> He has some rest because he spent three years in Iceland, so, yeah. so he decided to, have, uh, to write this uh, new uh, US uh, st strategy, which is very important, and I, I, I deeply appreciate what you have done. And uh, Even if sometimes it provokes debates and uh, there are some questions coming from Alaska, which I perfectly understand, but it's the democracy as you like, President. Um, now, now we have to implement it. So. Yeah, let's do that together. Thank Thanks you very much. Thank you.